Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is your brother Mikail Ahmed Smith here from Qalam. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures that we will always be able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of lis- listeners, so the support you give to this community in this effort brings immense reward. You never know who will benefit from your donation. Assalamu alaikum. اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يقربنا إلى حبك يا رب العالمين. Allah, we ask you for your love, Ya Allah. We ask you for the love of those people who love you, and we ask you for the love of those actions which cause us to gain your love, Ya Rabbil Alameen. اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى يا رب العالمين. Ya Allah, we ask you for taqwa and guidance, Ya Rabbil Alameen, والغنى. We ask you to make us solely dependent on you and not in need of anyone other than you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, uh, so we're continuing our class of Imam uh, Ibn, Qayyim, Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawziyah ta'ala, who um, in this book, Jawab al-Kafi, is giving us the solution for our uh, persistence on disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our persistence on ma'siyah, or dhunub, sinning. He's giving us a, 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 what he calls a jawab kafi, a sufficient answer. And uh, for those who were here last week, I mean, he's definitely throwing it down, mashallah. Um, last week, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he basically explained that there are only four things that a person needs to protect. And if they protect those things, then they will be completely protected. They will be completely protected um, from, from shuk or evil. Four things. What are those four things? Number one that he said was nadarat. What you look at. So we talked about um, how much we allow to come in our, in our hearts, in our minds. And the primary place that those things come from is, is, is right here. So uh, he explained in much detail, much detail how detrimental it is to our own selves, uh, to our hearts, to our minds, to our spiritual selves, uh, to just let our eyes look at everything without protecting what you let in. Um, so he went through much detail talking about controlling uh, or what you allow yourself to see. Um, the next one is equally as important as my daughter walking around. Okay, be careful. Um, the next one that he talks about is directly connected to the first one. And I want to preface this with a hadith of the, the, the Rasul Sallallahu There's a well-known narration of the Prophet Sallallahu where he said, That have haya, have shame before Allah as he deserves haya. So the Sahaba, they said, They said, Ya Rasulullah, we have a lot of haya, alhamdulillah. We have a lot of haya, and they had haya like they were ashamed to be nude with no one around because Allah could see them. That was their high level of haya that Sahaba had. 
So they were like, yeah, Ya Rasulullah, we have haya. So Rasulullah was like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Rather, true haya is that you that you protect the, the mind. Yo, yo, Isa. Thank you. I want you to focus too, man. So, so Rasulullah said, وَلَكِنَّ الْحَيَاءَ أَنْ تَحْفُضُ الرَّأْسِ وَمَا وَعَى That you protect, you protect the mind, وَمَا وَعَى وَمَا وَعَى means what it contains inside of it. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, rahimahullah, he says the second thing out of the four that you have to watch is the khatarat or the thoughts that come. So now what we're going to do is look in detail at Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi's breakdown of the what he calls khatarat. Khatara, khatara is something that just comes to the mind. So he's talking about preserving the mind, preserving what you allow your mind to think about. Because when you because the fruit of the tree come from the, the what the tree is made out of. You don't worry about what fruit it produces, you just cut down the tree if the fruit are bad or the water that's coming into it, or whatever it may be that it's affecting. Picking the fruit off is pointless. You could do that all day. So what he's trying to do is start from the beginning. So the first thing he said was the gaze, protect the gaze. And now we move on to the second thing, which is al-khatarat, the thoughts that come to our mind. So he says, al-khatarat, He says, as far as these thoughts that come, this is very difficult. As'ad means very hard to deal with, very hard to handle. He says that these thoughts that come are the mabda. Mabda means the beginning of all khair, good, and all shab. Comes from right here. Waminha. And he says, from these thoughts, yatawalladu al-iradat wal-himam wal-azaim. All of your intentions, all of your passions, and all of your uh, uh, set desires, azaim, like I gotta do it, I got to, I have to. All of that starts with the khatarat, he says. Yatawalladu means it's born from the from the khatarat that comes, right? Then he says, فَمَنْ رَأَ خَطَرَاتِهِ مَلَكَ زَمَامَ نَفْسِهِ He says, مَنْ رَأَ The word رَأَ, in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, كُلُّكُمْ Exactly. Kullukum ra wa kullukum mas'ul ar-ra'iya. Ra is a shepherd because you do riaya of the herd. So he says, man ra'a, he uses the same word of that hadith, man ra'a khataratihi, whoever is like a, a shepherd over their thoughts. Now the shepherd doesn't let the wolf in because the wolf is going to tear up the flock. And another indication from the word ra'i here is that you're mas'ul, right? Because the hadith said, kullukum ra' wa kullukum mas'ul. So everyone understand what I'm saying? So ra'i means shepherd, mas'ul means? Responsible. Responsible. Sa'ala yas'alu. It means to be asked. So you will be questioned, meaning responsibility. So he uses the word here, man ra'a khataratihi. Whoever is a shepherd over their thoughts, malaka they get control over the reins of their, their lower self. 
Like the horse has reins, and whoever's holding those reins with good control tells the horse which way to go. The horse is powerful. The horse has strength. But the horse is just, whoever has those reins, it just submits to it. So he says the same exact thing, that the one who watches over their thoughts and is very protective about what they allow themselves to think about, that person is as if they have the reins on their own self. Very powerful statement, right? Very powerful. And he says, and this person will have power over hawa. Hawa means that lower desire for something. Hawa is that, that feeling like I want something inside. In another verse, Allah says, Have you not seen the one who makes their hawa their, their God? So for some people, the hawa becomes the God. The hawa becomes the... Now what is hawa again? That lower desire that just comes over where you feel like doing something. And Nike's like, just do it. Just do it. Like, how many of us have been born listening to just do it? Like, subconsciously, it's like, yo, I want to do it. Yo, just do it. Like, where'd that come from, yo? SubhanAllah. And then Jay-Z comes next, do as thou wilt. SubhanAllah. Then YOLO comes. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, all these shayateens, just like, one after the next. And you like, it's fire. Yeah, it's fire. <laughs> yeah, it's fire. Yeah. Yeah, he's spitting fire, yo. Uh-huh. You called it like it is. SubhanAllah. So, so, so he says, Allah says, For some people, that hawa is just too strong. I want to do it, I'm going to do it. But he says the one who controls the thoughts are the one who controls the hawa. So you have you, when you when you when I, I was I was reading this right, and um, my wife's not here. Is she? All right, she's not here. So I was reading this today, getting ready, and I was like, "Yo, this is." I just went. I was like, "Yo, I gotta go for a walk." She's like, "A walk? What's wrong with you?" I was like, "This is heavy stuff, man." And I just needed to like digest this. So everything we're gonna cover today, just take it slowly, write it down, take your notes. But like this stuff should have a deep effect on you. This, like, the way he's writing is just really profound. So he's saying you gain power over the hawa. And what I see happening is when we are bombarded by so much, so many advertisements and so much media, we lose power over the khatarat. And once we lo lose power over the khatarat, we lost power over the hawa. Does that make sense or was that too much Arabic? Okay, khatarat are thoughts. Right? I was like, yo, can you please speak English? Right? The, the khatarat are the thoughts, right? And look how he connected it. He said, once you control khatarat, thoughts, you gain power over the lower self, the hawa, the desires. But what I'm trying to point out now is with so much media bombardment, we don't get a chance to control the thoughts. So how would we ever talk about controlling this, the lower self? That's what I'm trying to point out here. So he says, وَمَنْ غَلَبَتْهُ خَطَرَاتُهُ Whoever, their khatarat control them. Like if you can't control what you think about on your drive home, like you're driving home from work or school, most of the time your mind is just everywhere. Whatever you pass by is what goes through your mind. 
or whatever's on the radio. Now that's not controlling khatara. That's letting whatever khatara comes. So he says, وَمَنْ غَلَبَتْ خَطَرَاتُهُ Whoever their khatara are controlling them, like wherever the brain goes, it goes. He says, this person is overpowered, as we just said, by the nafs and by the lower self. And he says, وَمَنْ إِسْتَحَانَ بِخَطَرَاتُ Whoever takes this topic lightly, istahana means to think of it as something small. He's like, whoever thinks that this is something small, قَادَتْهُ كَسْرًا إِلَى الْمَحْلَكَاتِ he says, it slowly, slowly drags you into destruction. Slowly, slowly drags you into destruction. Now continuing, he says, He says, listen to this. He says, will constantly, these thoughts will constantly, constantly keep coming to the heart. Now here, by heart, what does he mean? He means consciousness. See, you have to understand from the Islamic paradigm, the aql, the aql, the thing that, 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 that thinks, you could say, lies in the qalb. Lies in what? The qalb. So when he uses the word qalb here, he's referring to what's called in psychology, the mind. Not the brain, the mind. The mind. And there's a long debate, where is the mind? Okay, that's a whole different discussion, inshallah. But the point is that he's speaking about your mind and he says khatarat will constantly, constantly, constantly come to the qalb, the mind, until it creates these false desires. These false desires. What he's talking about here, umniya. The word in the Quran is umni, in the Quran is umniyah. Allah speaks about the people of hell as people who غَرَّتْهُمْ they have been deceived by their Amani. What is Amani? They're like, I know who she is. <laughs> I know Amani. No, Amani is something uh, desired. It's something that you fought over and it becomes a desire that you want. Something sought after. That's what Amani is. That's what it means. Someone, something or something sought after. Amani. A hope or desire. But what he says, look at the psychology here. He says it goes from becoming what? A, just a fleeting khatara, constantly hitting the heart, till it becomes amani ba'tila. Ba'tila means baseless. Like you're sitting there daydreaming about something you can never get. Never ever have. It's pointless. You're sitting there like, man, yeah, word. And it's pointless. It's never going to happen. That's why he calls it amani. No? That's why he calls it Munan uh, Batila. And he says, that now, now the example he gives is from the Quran. Listen to this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Like he says, like the oasis that the person in the desert who's really thirsty starts to see water. Mirage. Yes, thank you. Inshallah. A better half. The mirage, right? The ones thirsty, they start to see that mirage and they're going after it, right? But when they get to there, they realize what? There's nothing there. So this verse says, Hatta idha ja'ahu, when the person arrives at the mirage, lam yajidahu shay'ah. They realize there's nothing there. Right? He says these, these false thoughts are just like the mirage. It, it, there's nothing there. It's a complete waste of your time. And then the verse goes, وَوَجَدَ inda." But not only is it a waste of your time because you didn't get anything, but now the real reality strikes that now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. 
Do you get the two realities? Look, the mind is taking you with these khatarat to this false hope that, the, that he's re relating to a mirage. But he's like, in reality, there's other real haqiqah. There's real life going on. And that's where your thoughts should be at, not in this false hope. So you have two things going on. You have reality and this false thought that's coming. And the way the Quran puts it together is, like this person chasing the mirage, going, 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 they get there, there's nothing, but when they get there, they realize reality hit. They find Allah right there, Isab begins. So that's his example. He says now, he says, The people with the lowest himma, the lowest uh, drive. This is a big problem with young men today. No drive to do anything. It's a major problem. Major problem. I don't feel like doing anything. Like no drive, no desire to do anything. And he says, he says here, the lowest type of people, himmaten, when it comes to their desire and, and drive, the one who is pleased with these fake thoughts over reality. So some people, it's like VR. You ever see the, that, like, I forgot what movie it was, right? Where the guy is like, there's, you see these people in VR, and like real life is going on, but they prefer VR over real life. Yeah, there you go, right? So like, so like one thing is real life, but, but then you have VR, which is just like nothing really. It's just, it's just, it's this dream. It's just going virtual reality, right? And now it's, it's, it's really real. Like you can go to a basketball game now, I think now, right? Ajib, yo. So, so like what he's trying to say here is the lowest, the lowest, the reason why there's no drive is because of people being caught in this amani and stripped away from reality. Like this is so profound looking at where society is going. Like imagine if he could see people on, in VR today. Like what would he be saying? He'd be saying, I told you like, 40, like a, a thousand years ago that this would happen. So he goes, so these people lose all desire for anything else. Does everyone understand what he's saying here? The desire to do things, the desire to live, the desire to have a, 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 a contribute to life and be part of something. He's like, when people are stuck in amani, in these fake worlds of thoughts, they don't care about haqqaiq anymore, reality. Everyone get what we're saying? That's why you see when someone's addicted to video games, this guy doesn't want to do anything. Like all he wants to, and you're like, dude, you don't have real money. That's fake money, dude. Like, yeah, but I could buy a new gun, yo. Like, it's not a real gun. Like, let's go do something. Let's go help people. Let, no, no, no. I, I want to come back into this Amani, where I could just make a character and be that character and move away from reality. It's very interesting how he's pulling this together. And he says, he goes forward and he says, um, he says that uh, He says these, these thoughts, these baseless thoughts that are just hopes and desires and there's no real reality to them. He says they are the nourishment for al-fariqa, the, the nafs that's not busy, that's not occupied. So in Christianity we used to say what? Our idol mine is the devil's workshop. So he's like, 
This is where in the fari of the nafs, the nafs that's idle, is where these thoughts come most prevalently. He's like, this person doesn't care about really reaching something. Now they're just happy with the thought of reaching something not real. <coughs> like, uh, you can have, like, they've done this with, like, relationships, guys. Like, you can be intimate virtually. And people are paying for that. No, no, seriously. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, you got the mad pious, yo. <laughs> like, this virtual reality has even got to the point, point of, 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 of sexuality where people don't even care anymore about a real relationship and would be totally fine with a virtual relationship. That's exactly what he's talking about, that it gets to this point, that they are completely happy with just the thought of feeling it in comparison to actually experiencing life. Ready Player One, straight up, like literally, right? SubhanAllah. I didn't think about that until you guys mentioned that. SubhanAllah. Okay, so he says, continuing on, he says, These thoughts that come are the most detrimental thing to your spirituality. He says, listen. He says, this, these thoughts, where do they come from? Please write this down, remember it. They come from two things. Do you remember the eight things the Prophet them sought refuge from? What were they? What were they? Uh, which are grief and worry. Next two, ajiz and kasal. Ajiz means you can't do something. Kasal means you're too lazy. Juban, cowardice and stinginess. And being, have too much debt and being overpowered by people. Eight things the Prophet said, Ya Allah, please protect me from these eight things. You know what he says? This, all these thoughts come from two things. Ajiz and kasal. He's connecting it straight back. So let's talk about these two again because some people weren't here. Wait, how do you translate thoughts? He said they were called... he's talking about... So remember, remember, Sada, there's two things here. There's khatarat, which are the quick thoughts that come. Everyone understand? Khatarat are thoughts that come. He says, but if they keep coming on the heart, then it creates another reality inside, which is this false desire. You're sitting there daydreaming that you're married to someone and you're not, dude. You know what I'm saying, brothers? <laughs> Brother over here, like, yep, I know just what you're talking about. <laughs> I need a guinea pig here. The young guys are easier, right? Because as you get older, you start to realize, like, reality sets. And when you're young, you're like, yeah, one day, <laughs> right? SubhanAllah. So, so you understand what he's saying here? So he's saying that these thoughts come from two things. Things, ajiz and kasal. Now let's talk about these two for a moment. Ajiz and kasal mean this. Sometimes you don't have the means to do something. I don't have the money or I don't have the time. I don't have the means to do it, but I want to do it. That's called ajiz. I really want to do it, but I can't. Because of some circumstance, external. The Prophet said, oh Allah, protect me from ajiz. That means I want to do it, but I can't. Now, what is kesa? It's the opposite. You, you have all the means to do it, but you don't want to do it. You don't have... You, now, you say, no, I want to do it. You don't really want to do it. The want, meaning the irada, is not strong enough. So, kesa is that you got all the means to do it, but I don't feel like doing it. 
You got the car, you're up for Fudger, everything. You're up, you're awake, you're not even sleepy no more. Kessa. Ajis is like, oh, I want to go. Car broke down. Oh, I want to go. Much is too far away. Oh, I want to go. You understand? Now, he's like, when you're in these two things and you're not busy doing something, this is when the thoughts come in. This is when you lose control of the khatarat and this is when the khatarat go to the next level. So the most important thing you can do to someone that's stuck in these thoughts is get them busy in something. Please write that down. Get busy, do something. Don't sit idle. Get busy, do something, keep moving. And, and sometimes the, the, the way to get out of ajaz and kasa is actually to involve yourself in something. Just, just get up and start doing something. The more you sit back, the more you do nothing, the more the khatarat just keep bombarding you, keep coming. Now he says, so, so these thoughts, let's put them in the middle, right? These khatarat, these thoughts are in the middle. They come from ajiz and kasad, right? Uh, inability and, 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 and a lack of will. That's where they come from. But what comes from it? He says, tafrit, neg neglect. You don't do nothing. Neglect. You don't do your chores. You don't do your homework. You don't go to work. You don't do anything. You become a loser. You become a 30-year-old dude still at home, not because you're saving up, because you're not moving forward in life. One is you're saving up, so you stay at home. That's different. Like you're stacking. So this is like a, a smart move here. Another is just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever. So he's like, the first thing that comes is negligence. You don't care about, you don't, you don't fulfill the, ha. he says the second thing is hasara, regret. Once you get to 35, 36, 37, 38, you start saying, oh man, I wasted my life, yo. Regret. And then he says, after that is nedem. Hasara and nedem, nafsu shaysa. Same thing, nedem is like remorse and regret. Look, look at the depth of his psychology. He says the one who's just caught on hopes, mutamani, mutamani from the word amani, mutamani, the one who's just always, yeah, I could do this, I could do that. He says, when, since the mutamani has not, has lost the ability to actually do the physical real thing, bihissihi. <clears throat> He has started to take pleasure from imagining the form inside of his mind. Do you guys get that? You guys get that? It's like the guy, he, he can't get it. So now that he can't get it, he's dropped his, his bar. Where he goes, since I can't get it anymore, I'll take pleasure and comfort in the fact that I can just think about it. And that's when he becomes... Satisfied with. That's what he explains he becomes satisfied with. He says he becomes content with just having imagining and thinking about it rather than actually achieving it. He goes for He's like just like a person who's starving and thirsty, hungry, and just daydreaming about food because he can't get to it. Now, he says, He says, the, the sharaf of your, your soul, the, the, high, the highest point or the honor of your soul and the purity and the cleansiness of your heart lies in The purity of your mind and heart lies in what? Pushing away. This is his words. 
pushing away every thought that has no haqiqa behind it. What does haqiqa mean? Yeah. Reality. How many of us are sitting there 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, thinking about something, there's no haqiqa to it at all. And you're worried about stuff with no haqiqa. You're stressing over stuff, no haqiqa. And you're getting anxiety over things that have no haqiqa to it. They have no reality to them. So I'm going to read it again what he says. He says, إِنَّمَا شَرْفُ nas." The, the, the glory of your heart and soul and purity of your heart and the cleanliness raising your mind and your heart lies in pushing away every khatara that has no haqiqa to it. No haqiqa. Wala yarba And don't be happy. Do not be content with letting it come to you. And then he says, but rather push it away completely. Push it away completely. Is everyone everyone understanding this? This is very, very important stuff, man. Very, very Because it starts, I, have, I had a, 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 um, a good friend, I will say, that I was uh, working with. And this young man, he felt that everyone looking at him could see one fault that he had. Everyone. It became so, so... Uh, intrusive into his mind and heart he lost all ability to, to go out into public but the basis of it started with this one khatar this one thought that he allowed to set it may come one time like is everyone looking at me I'm sweating right now like then I'm like obsessing over it no they're gonna see me sweat next week so no, I'm gonna go you guys are like I didn't even know that you were sweating like what happened is that thought came and set <clears throat> And I, I, we can, I can talk about it in detail, but it just went really, really far until he lost a lot of control, right? It became very, very detrimental. Very, very detrimental. So, like, understand what he's saying here is so important to our health and our spirituality. It's very, very important, and we take it so lightly, right? We take it so lightly. So, let's keep going. He says, Nam? Nam, can we save it for the end? Yes. Okay, Listen closely. He says, He says, Let all of your thoughts rotate around four categories only. Four categories only. Number one, Thoughts about bringing more benefit from the world. But how am I get more? Get paid. Right? How am I going to bring more money in? Number one. Number two, Khatarat. The thoughts about how I can protect from losing dunya. You with me? So two about dunya. What are they? Simply put, gain and present, prevent loss. Of what? Dunya. So what do you think the next two are? Gain and loss of akhirah. He says, number three is, Thoughts about how to gain more masalik, good in the akhirah. And number four, thoughts about how to protect oneself from al-akhirah, the loss or harm in the akhirah. He's like, these are four areas that you should rakiz, 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 like focus your thought on these four areas. Anytime you're thinking, if it's like, I wonder what she's going to wear tomorrow. You should be like, whoa, whoa, hold on, yo. Like, 
It ain't A, it ain't B, it ain't C, it ain't D. I'm good, yo, back over here. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I wonder what they're thinking about me right now. A, B, C, not A. You, at first, it's going to take some work. But after a while, those won't even come anymore. After a while, you're naturally like, why would I focus on that? Like, I don't have time for that up here. Like, I need my mind focused on these four things. So he goes, like focus, hasara, like restrict, restrict your khatarat and thicker, your thoughts and your 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 thicker, uh, your soch, your uh, thinking. Wahumumihi and all of your your uh, hum, what you think about again, same thing. Everything only in these four categories. And it's very balanced, right? It's very balanced. How can I get more per- Get more dunya. Like one time Omar bin Khattab walked into the masjid and it was like 11 a.m. And he sees this dude just sitting in the masjid. And he takes his, he's like, what are you doing here? He takes his stick and he like chases him out the masjid. He's like, go to work. Like what you, it's the middle of the, it's 11 a.m. Why are you just sitting here? So so working for your dunya is a beautiful, al-farida ba'd al-farida. The Prophet said, talibud ma'ash, seeking out livelihood, is a hard obligation after prayer. So like, going to work is part of your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like we said, being busy protects the mind from these thoughts coming in. Everyone with me? Right? That, so understand the value of working for your dunya is, is very healthy for you. How many of your grandparents won't retire yet because they're like, nah, I ain't about to retire. The moment I retire, I'm going to die. I feel like that. That's what they feel like. Because what? There's nothing to do. So that gives us purpose too. That gives us a feeling of, of, of being needed. It gives us a feeling of, of, of a reason, right? So that's definitely part of our, our mental health and our, our health of our, our deen that you're focused on your dunya too. So four areas that thought should be focused on. Fahimtum? Okay. So he says... As much as possible, never leave one of these four thoughts for anything other than that outside of that. When your thoughts, you know what is is a crowd. So he says, when your thoughts start to crowd you. Like, you know, sometimes it's just too much going on at one time. And you're just like, ah, right? Look what he says. He says, when your thoughts become overbear, overwhelming, Due to your excessive involvement, he says, because you're too involved in things, this is what will cause over overload here. Like, you, you know how sometimes we just over engaged? Like you have no blank spots on your schedule. And, and, and the result of that is there's a lot of thoughts coming. So you're not able to think clearly. He says, what do you do in that case? He says, here's the rule. Qaddim aham, always put the thought first that is most pressing 
Aham means most important. Alladi yaksha fault. The thing that you can lose it if you don't put it forward. Everyone understand what he's saying at this point? You have a lot of thoughts going on right now, right? So like, I don't know what to do at this moment. He says, so what you do is look at which of them is most important. Number one. After that, you look at which one? What does that mean? It can be lost. It can be lost. That's the one you put forward. Put that thought forward and focus on that, that thought. Going forward, okay? He says, He's like, there's two more categories I want to talk about. Ahaduhuma muhim la yafut. He says that the, 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 the first one is something very important, but it, you won't lose it. Important, but it won't be lost if you don't think about it or do it right now. Wathani ghayr muhim walakin yafut. The second thing is not muhim, not important, but you'll miss out. FOMO. FOMO, right? He says, so now you got thoughts. If I miss, if I don't check Instagram right now, is it muhim? Let's be real. No, no. Not muhim. Will you miss it though? Will you miss something? Yes. yes. So he's like, the right there you learned how to put in uh, order. You have muhim that won't be folks, that you won't miss. He's on the next two categories now. It's important, but you won't miss. And then you have not important, but you'll miss it. You can obviously tell what he's going to tell us to do next. He says, he says, this is hard. You don't know what to do. This thing's not important, but I'm going to miss it. This thing is important, but I won't miss it. What do you do? He says, If you put in the important thing first, then you're going to fear that you're going to miss out on the other thing. If you put the other one forward, so on and so forth. He says, he says, this is where you have to use your intelligence and learn how to give preference to certain things. And what he says is this. This is the rule that he gives. Whatever brings the most benefit, put that one first over all other things. And from the other perspective, whichever pushes away the greatest harm, put that first over the other things. This is how you categorize which things to think about. This is the, uh, the, the rule that he gives. He says, Wahia it is to give preference akbar al wa give preference to the thing that will give most benefit right and then he says you'll miss out something lower but you put forward the thing that has the most benefit and he says on the other side when it comes to harm he says fi adana the one with the least amount of harm on that side is the one you enter into, not with the most amount of, of, of harm. Sayyid? Okay. MashaAllah. 40 minutes. Let's go forward, inshaAllah ta'ala. Behemtum, inshaAllah, everyone? MashaAllah. Save the question, inshaAllah, at the end, inshaAllah. Okay. Next thing he says. He says, وَأَعْلَى الْفِكْرِ وَأَجْلَاهَا وَأَنْفَعَهَا مَا كَانَ لِلَّهُ دَارُ الْآخِرَةِ He says, the... The a'la al-fikr, the highest thing of thinking about, the highest thing that you should be concerned and allowing your mind to focus on is, and the most beneficial, ma kana lillah wa dar al-akhirah. That which is for Allah in the final place. Dar al-akhirah, your final home. Fama kana lillah and wa. He's like, there are, let me see how many, I think there's five. Yes, 
He's like, there's five types of thoughts for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first thing he said, guys, is the highest thing that you can think about is that which is for Allah and that which is for Dar al-Akhirah. But he's like, there's, you're like, okay, what do, I, what do you mean think about? Right? Whenever someone says think about Allah, you're like, dude, like, what do I do? So he's like, there's five things. There's five things you can think about when we talk about the mind thinking about Allah. You guys ready for them? Number one. He says, letting your mind think about the ayats, the verses, or the signs of Allah that He has revealed in book form. Number one. Number two. And He says, He's like thinking about that. Not just reading them, but actually uh, uh, reading them and contemplating over them. Understanding them. Number two. Thinking about the ayatil mashhuda. Thinking about his signs within the creation. You know that the Salaf, they say there's two Kitab Allahs. Like, oh shoot, I ain't coming to Qalam no more. That's a new religion, yo. I knew Qalam was up to something. His brother just said there's two Kitab Allahs. So, nah, yo, chill out. Hold, hold on, hold on. There's two Kitab Allahs. Al Kitab Allah Yuqra, the Kitab Allah you read, and the Kitab Allah you see. The Kitab Allah you see is the creation of Allah. The sunsets in Texas, Dallas are beautiful. That's ayatullah. That's, but that, that's an ayah you read. When I say read, I mean it pulls you to Allah. It pulls you to, the, to reflect on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's, when they say there's two kitab Allah, what they mean is there's two things you're going to read and pull you towards Allah. One is the kitab of Allah in written form. The other is the kitab of Allah in the beautiful sunset. Kitab Allah and the, and the biology of creation of different animals. Like, that's um, amazing. You ever just turn on, like, high definition, like, the Discovery Channel? Yeah, come on. I'm the only one that, like... Planet, planet Earth. Earth. Huh? Planet Earth. Planet Earth, yo. Like, seriously, if you just turn... Is it Netflix, Planet Earth? Yo, if you just... Next time, if you gotta go on Netflix, you just have to. Like, turn on Planet Earth and... Yo, just sit there and just, like, subhanAllah. Like, it'll really... It will really pull you in because it's really miraculous and amazing. And like that whole show could just be a moment of like, subhanAllah, dhikr, straight up. Like, yo, I don't want to read Quran right now. I just want to like look at Allah's creation. Planet, planet, what's it called? Planet Earth? You go right there. So these are two things. Everyone got those two? Number three. Thinking over the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Contemplating over those He says these three things will pull you Listen to this Ajib He says These three things Yo Guys he says these three things Will bring ma'rifah of Allah to your heart You guys know what ma'rifah is? Ma'rifah of Allah is that highest level You're supposed to achieve Of recognizing who Allah is it's like halakha, like 3,000. Like we're on lesson 13. Like ma'rifah is like when you recognize Allah, right? That's like towards the end, right? When you're old and you're about to, that's ma'rifah. He says these three things will bring you ma'rifah. Okay, number four. Number four. Al-fikra fi uyubin nafs. Ah, yes. To contemplate and think over the faults of your, your own lower self. Man, I procrastinate too much, yo. Man, yo. Like, look at the uyub of the self. In order to better yourself. 
Don't become fixated on your faults. That can become dangerous. But it's, it's important to highlight the faults so that you're able to keep becoming better. Like how do athletes become top, top game? They always never see themselves as perfect. I gotta get better. I gotta, what did Kobe say, 4 a.m.? Right? 4 a.m. Like if he ever got to the point where he thought he was it, then he would never continue to progress. It's only when he sees the faults that he continually becomes better. So number four is what? Yes, contemplating. Oh, and he says, He's like, this particular one has a lot of benefit for yourself. And it's, It opens up the door to a lot of good. And he says, you know what it does too? It breaks the lower self too. You know that lower self, that amara bisu. Okay, so everyone knows there's three types of nafs, right? We have to really briefly go over this to understand this, okay? The Quran types talks about three different nafs. When I say nafs, I mean inner dispositions to, to morality, to ethics, to, to doing what is right. The first one is nafsul mutma'inna. Nafsul mutma'inna is a nafs that likes to do good and only wants to do good. So it's like that pious friend you got that's always like, yo, bro, let's go to a halakah, right? boy right here, right? MashaAllah. Y'all got a good crew here, MashaAllah. Like that, that's Mutma'inna. He never even wants to do bad stuff. Like he's always, she's always talking about good stuff. Mutma'inna. Number two is Nafs Lawama. This is like the friend that's like you. That's like, want to do good, get caught in bad, stop for Allah, let's go to the halakha, drop some money in the sadaqah box, we shouldn't have did that. So it wants to do good. Right? You know they say the sadaqah box in the masjid gets full because of that, right? That's how the, yo, that's why the box is full. Everybody's like, yo, man, yo, that was a bad, yo, yo, gotta get some sadaqah back. Let's go. Clear that up. Lafsul lawama. And what's the last one? Amara bisu. This is like that shaitan friend that you guys just X out. Like this dude always trying to smoke, he's always trying to go to God, he's always trying to go to God. Yo, bro, man, you just shaitan. This dude, you cut out your life. I had one of those. Everything I did bad in my Jahiliya was that one friend, yo. I look back at myself, I was like, every time I did something really bad, I was with that dude. That was that shape on, yo. So Amara, Amara Bisu. Three nuts. Everyone got those three nuts? Yeah. So he says this fourth thought is the most beneficial for your nuts, but it's the hardest hitting against the nuts of Amara. Everyone understand what he's saying? And then he goes forward. He's just talking now about how um, when you let these thoughts come in, it completely crushes down that, that nafsul amara, that lower self, and it raises up that nafsul mutma'inna. Alright, that's four thoughts. Are we there? Number five. Number five, inshallah. Al fikra fi wajibil waqt wa wadifatihi. The hardest thing, guys, is to be present in the moment and realize what I should be doing right now. Not what I'm going to do after halakha. Not what I'm doing tomorrow. Wajibul waqt. What is the necessity upon me right now? 
says the next thing that you should allow your mind to focus on is wajibul waqt. What is necessary right now? If your mom is with you and she's talking to you, there's a wajibul waqt. It's only her. When you're married and your spouse is talking to you, that's wajibul waqt. Like, some of us always give half of ourselves. Some of us always give half of ourselves, not our whole self. Wajibul waqt, they don't realize that. Right now, you ever, what was that, what was that other Incredibles? Was Incredibles a superhero one? Yeah. So there's one um, scene. The stretchy dude. Frozone. Frozone, yeah. Frozone. So Frozone was about to go out with his wife. Oh, yeah. And then, and then she's like, nah, you're supposed to go out with me tonight. And he, and the sign, I guess, goes on that he's supposed to go save some lives. So, so she's like, no, he's looking for the suit. And he's like, honey, where'd you put my suit? Where's my super suit, right? And he's like, he's like, honey, it's for the greater good. And what does she say? I am the greater good. Like, I can hear my wife or my mom saying that and being true. Like, a lot of times we're like, I gotta go do this, I gotta go do this, my friends need me, this and that. But no, you have to look at what is necessary on you right now. And many times it's the people around us that are the wajibun waqt. So he said, so this is really heavy because most of our thoughts are some other time. Do you know what I mean by that? Like right now, many of us were, are maybe thinking about tonight or tomorrow or the next day, but we miss the wajibun waqt. Do you get what I mean by that? So look what he says. He says, al fikra number five, right? Fi wajibul waqt wa wadifa. What is wajib right now? And what do I need to do right now? So right now, for me, it's like, put my heart into this halaqa and focus on, per- for me, I'm talking about me, to get this message to everyone here as best as I understand it. For you, you're here. You're not at home yet. The Qalam students got like tomorrow's vacation. So all the Qalam students are like, yo, we out. Wajibul waqt, my mind is on the plane already. Right? No, wajibul waqt right now is focusing in this halaqa, getting the benefit of this moment. But what happens? You're at school thinking about work, you're at work thinking about school. You're at work thinking about home, you're at home thinking about work. When did you ever live life? You feel me? Yeah. And then at work, you thought, I, I need to pray. And in prayer, you're thinking about work. SubhanAllah. And attach this to prayer. Imagine how your prayer is going to be. Imagine how your prayer is going to be if you just like, yo, right now. That's it. For him too. So look what he says. He says, Put all of your hum on this moment right now. Right now. Look what he says. Ibn Waqtihi. Yo, you can write this down. This is like Al Arif Ibn Waqtihi. The Arif of Allah, Arif Marifa. The one who knows Allah. Al Arif is the son of the moment. Talk about YOLO. We rep YOLO for real. Like Muslim, we're supposed to live in the moment. Like, you gotta put this in context of everything we're talking about when I say live in the moment. Al Arif Ibn Waqtihi. The Arif, the one who recognizes Allah, is Ibn of the moment, son of the moment. 
Meaning I'm not in the past, I'm not in the future, I'm right now, right here. How difficult is it for some of us to bring our minds to this moment right now? Y'all with me? Look what he says next. The in ahu. If you lose this moment right now, If you lose this moment, you lost all the benefit of this moment. Like you didn't get the moment. You were here, but you weren't here. All of your benefit come from the moment, the time that you're in. What? The moment in time you're in. You lose a moment, you never get it back. You lose it. How many people say, if my mom was here right now? If my mom was here right now, what would I do? Right? You never get it back. It's gone. That's what he's saying. Realize the moment. Live in that moment right there. Fully hold on to it. Imam Shafi, he says, Uh-oh. Imam Shafi says, I spent time with the pious people. <laughs> I only learned two things from them. One of them, Time is a sword. You can either cut with it or it cuts you. Imam Shafi. Time is a sword. You either cut with it or it cuts you. Somebody's getting cut. No matter what. Somebody's getting cut. Because time is ticking. Al-waqtu sayfun. Time is a sword. Fa'in qata'atu wa illam qata'ak. Wa dhakar al-kalimat al-uqwa. Fa'al-waqtu... فَوَقْتُ الْإِنسَانِ هُوَ عُمْرُهُ فِي حَقِيقَةِ وَقْتُ is your life. وَهُوَ مَعْدَ And it's your means for حَيَاتُ الْأَبَدِيَةِ For the rest of your eternal life. فِي النَّعِيمِ Like, you think about it from this perspective. One moment has potential, eternal potential, uh, uh, like the potential in an instant. You say subhanAllah right now. The, the, that moment has now gained infinite potential of khair for you. Because we believe in the hereafter, which never ends. So each moment in itself has infinite potential for gain. Similarly, infinite potential for loss. Or you could just use it doing nothing. Right? SubhanAllah. Everyone cool? وَمَادَتُ الْمَعِيشَةُ دَنْكِ فِي الْعَذَابِ Again, he says it could also be on the other side. وَهُوَ يَمُرُّ أَسْرَى يَمَرَّ السَّحَابِ Yo, he says time flies, man. Faster than the clouds. Time flies faster than the clouds. I can't even explain. This, that's real. The older you get, you realize like... You remember when you were like 14? Somebody here though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, and I, I'm not gonna say my age, but like, I look at myself and I'm like, my wife reminds me, but like, she's like, you've been saying that age for like three years. Like, every time someone asks me how long you've been Muslim, I've been saying the same thing. It's like, did you raise the number? <laughs> you keep saying ten years. It ain't ten years no more. <laughs> you've been Muslim that long. You raised that number up, man. 
But you know, on the real, you don't. The funny thing about growing old, what I'm realizing, is like you don't see yourself as you're seen. You get what I'm saying? Like the 16 year old up in here, he looks at me like, dang man, that's old. That dude's old. But me, I'm looking around like, yeah. You don't see yourself age. You don't feel it. So he's like, yo, tomorrow marra sahab, yo. It's quick. It's quick. All right, I, I gotta go forward because there's so much uh, that, that so much more in this section, and it's almost one hour right now. Okay. So he says next. Okay, here we go. Yes. He says, understand. Thoughts that come to you don't harm you. What? You just said the time about control your thoughts. Listen closely. Khatir, a fleeting thought that comes will not harm you. The harm comes from keeping it in when it comes or bringing the thought on. He says, He says, a thought is like a stranger you walk past on the campus. Yo, when I read this, I was like, Ajeeb. You live in the city, like northeast. How many people you walk past? Millions. Do you ever like, you don't even look at people up north. Right? Like, I'm just saying, like, you should walk past. You don't say hi to everybody. Right? You know what I'm saying? Jersey, right? Jersey. Come on, Jersey. No, no, you don't talk to anybody. You don't talk to nobody. Someone says hi to you, you're like, what's your problem? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, the thoughts that come are like that ma'ad ala tariq. Just walk past the dude. Just let the thought come and go. I, when I read it, I was like, subhanAllah. We get so, he's like, the problem is, when it comes, you're like, hi. <laughs> How you doing, thought? No, that's a bad idea. And you start arguing with the thought. <laughs> you get in a debate with your own brain. Like, why are you debating your brain? Keep moving. Seriously, you can't out-rationalize your own brain. <laughs> and that's what we sit there in, subhanAllah, man. He says, He's not going to harm you unless he says, He's like, if you let this thought keep walking and don't call him, he'll keep walking. But you, if you call him, look what he says, He'll do magic on you with his words. You start talking like, dang, that's an interesting thing. Hmm. His trickery, his gurur. He's like, this is very dangerous, very light on the nafs al-fariqah, but very heavy on the, on the heart that is connected with Allah. Now, continuing forward, just a, a little bit more, inshallah, we're almost done. <coughs> just because of time, I'm trying to see what I can uh, leave behind. Okay, just have like, like five more minutes, inshallah. And then we'll open up for questions. He's like, look, understand this. You have in yourself nafsul mutma'inna and nafsul amara. Do I have to explain those again? 
Nafsul Ammara, the one that always wants to do evil, Nafsul Mutma'inna, the Nafs that always wants to do good. He says, Allah has put these both inside of you. They're enemies to one another. These two go against one another. Those two friends you got, you with me, right? Those two friends, the good guy, and the, they're, they're opposites. Okay? Cool. Whatever is easy for this one, it's, it, it's hard on the other one. You understand what I mean by that? So look, two friends. One friend going out to such and such place is very easy and enjoyable. But for the other friend going to that place is very hard. I can't do that. But the same thing that's easy for him to do, for this guy, is hard to do. <coughs> go, let's go to a lecture. This is like, nah, yo, it's gonna be like an hour, yo. I can't sit for an hour. This is gonna be just babbling on and on. And I was like, yo, eat an hour is easy, yo. You see how the difference, you see what he's saying? Whatever is easy for the nafsul mutama'inna is, is hard on the nafsul ammara, and vice versa. Does this make sense to everyone? So, like, to hajjah. Nafsul Mutma'inna is like, yeah, yo, let's go. Nafsul Ammar is like, hates it. No, uh-uh. And the more you do it, the more it's, it's pushing it down. The more you keep missing Fajr, Nafsul Ammar is like, I love it. Everyone with me? Okay. Because you got to understand how, it, how this works. You got to understand how they, they, they work, in, uh, how they uh, react to one another. So he says, Whatever one of them finds pleasure in, the other one hates it. Naturally. Does this make sense? Okay. There's nothing harder on the nafsul amara than doing actions for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like you go help someone and don't let anyone know. Your nafsul amara is going to be sticks, kicking and screaming like a two-year-old. We got to tell somebody. We got to tell somebody. We got to tell someone I'm fasting. Come on. It cannot take amalillah. It hates it. But you got to keep doing it. You're like, all right, you don't like it? I got you more. Like, subhanAllah, do you see how like we're on a whole different level now? We're talking about fighting against an inner lower like Shaytan inside of ourselves that we're pushing, but we're consciously aware of that and we're learning how to push that thing down. This is amazing, amazing stuff that he's teaching. Okay, so then he goes, we're almost done, inshallah. There is nothing harder on nafsul mutma'inna, the good friend. There's nothing harder on that than doing action for other than Allah. That he, he hates it. Like, what are we wasting our time for? It doesn't like to answer the call of its own nafs. So he goes into that and he keeps explaining how you have to offset one with the other. Next thing. He says the heart or mind is a blank slate. Like, tablo rusul. Right? He says it's a blank slate. Who is that, Locke? Okay, so he says it's a blank slate. But he says, nukush. Your thoughts are what writes in that slate, carves into it. That's the chalk on the board. How can an intelligent person 
أن تكون نقوش لوحه How can you allow lies, غرور, trickery, false hopes, and, and, and all these things to be written onto your slate? لا حقيقة له. They don't have any reality to them. فأي الحكمة وعلم وهدان ينقشوا مع هذه النقوش. How can you write hikmah, knowledge, good stuff onto that low, that slate, when it's filled with all that other stuff? So what he's going to say, ex- ex- explain right now, he says, if you don't, if you don't rid the mind from khawatir radi, low base thoughts, you can never bring the good khawatir inside. I'm going to say that again. This is very important. If you do not clear the mind, nashat. If you do not clear the mind, the qalb, from the lower thoughts, lam yastaqir. The good thoughts will never ever find a place to to, to rest, to to stop. Like you're walking down the street and all the people are surrounding you. If all the people surrounding you are the low lives, the other people can't come. Just that example we gave before. But if you push that away. Then they're allowed to come. He says those thoughts can only come to a place that's been thotted, that's that's been uh, uh, emptied, that's been emptied. So he says a poem. It's one of my. I, I really love this poem. I learned it as a student. He says, "Atani hawaha, atani hawaha, qabla an a'rif al hawa." Her love came to me before I learned what love was. So it hit a heart that was empty, so it stayed. Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody got it, Isa. It was, that was beautiful. It was deep. Right? It was deep. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> no, it's beautiful, yo. Atani hawaha. Her love came to me. قبل أن أعرف الحواء before I even knew what love was فصادف قلبا it hit a heart خاليا that was empty فتمكنا so her love stayed thank you (laughs) okay I know right everyone here like yo dude we are not married this is not fair but he had a but he had a that's your fault yo but he had a even out of that a saluk benos I'm just joking don't take that personal you know boycott like no man yo listen there's a dua that there's a specific hadith about the one making dua for marriage that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's haq on Allah to answer the dua who's asking for a, for a spouse. SubhanAllah, man. But brothers gotta step up, man. Honestly, most of the problems I find is on the, this side. <coughs> for real. <laughs> nah, really. I'm just what I, what I noticed. <laughs> Alright, let's get back to the point. <laughs> he says, many of the scholars of suluk and purification of the heart this concept of protecting the uh, thoughts is so important that many of the scholars of suluk, their whole concept of purification is just this. Watch what you think about. That's it. That's all they focus on. He says, So basically what he says here, I'm going to paraphrase because time is up. It's been an hour and seven minutes. He basically says this. 
Don't focus on nothing being in your heart. That will never happen. Rather, focus on just constantly bringing positivity in. Positive imagery, positive thoughts, positive actions. Never ever, so never ever allow the brain to just go on autopilot. For the next week or so, you're directing your thoughts where you want it to go. You're directing your brain what you want it to think about. That is controlling the thoughts. So what do you push it towards? Good things. And that's a bit different for everyone. He says, the Sharia will tell you what's good. Your Aql will tell you what's good. Like, you will know what is good, right? But the main thing, and we're going to stop here and talk about something else, is, again, and I hate to bash it, but I'm going to do it. Social media does not allow us to control our thoughts because we're not allowing control over what's coming inside of our heads, what's coming inside of our eyes, and so on and so forth. So, um... Anyways, he continues and goes forward and he talks about just constantly allowing khair, good things, to constantly be inside. Whenever you have that negative thought, immediately, astaghfirullah. Immediately, astaghfirullah. And push it. But don't, remember, you're walking past someone on the street. Don't say hi. Just keep walking. Please remember that example. Just don't say hi, keep walking. That's the best example. We just start to argue with the dude. Why are you here? This is my street. <laughs> like, dude, just keep walking. And go, the guy goes on the way. So I want to stop here. And I'm going to answer questions. But first, I want you guys to reflect and tell me how was your two-day social media fast. Um, last week, for those who weren't here, some of us did a two-day social media. How many people actually did it? Okay, that's what's up. Okay, uh, can someone share, someone who's on it a lot, share some reflections they had from that two days? Jasmine, just for Yeah, so I'm not into a lot of things, but I'm really into Twitter, because it's very addictive. Into what, what? I'm really into Twitter. Oh, really? But you really can't, like, you can't control what comes up, but then yeah. sometimes that's the best part, because it's really funny. Exactly. And then other things that are just really inappropriate will pop up, and they're like, dang it. So I got rid of it, and then I don't know, something in me, I was like, let me delete it completely. And that's what I did. Oh, it's, still it's still gone. Allahu Akbar, mashallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts a fear. Mashallah. Okay, so, but any feelings? I, I want to know someone to tell me, like, was there a struggle? Neshat. Uh, I felt, like, really hyped, like, right, like, right when we did it, for some reason. Uh-huh. And I just had, like, I was just pondering, like, really hard about everything and anything. You see, you had time to think. And it felt weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It felt, see, that's what I was hoping someone brought up. It felt weird to be by yourself. You felt off too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Like many of us are uncomfortable with our own selves. So an escape from my, myself is social media real quick. Because I don't have to think about me and life and whatever. So that's, so that's what I really was hoping to, to touch upon. So you, did you go back on yet? No. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. MashaAllah, man. MashaAllah. Snapchat? There's too many now. I can't even keep trying. Keep trying. Anyone else? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've done it in the past. And I just have a question. Like, yeah. You were talking about our thoughts and how we need to like control the thoughts that we have. And then I think for me personally, it just gets so difficult and overwhelming when, like, sometimes social media is like my out when I when I'm too much pondering about my life that it gets really overwhelming because I'm just thinking too much constantly. Mm. Yeah. And it does build up like kind of a little bit of an anxiety. Yeah. So how do you balance that? Like, how do you? Let's say you're gonna cut social media out of your life. When social media was your out of reality, when reality just became really overwhelming. 
No, but see, that's running away, isn't it? Like, you know, Wallahu alam. I, no, no, I can't. I feel that that's like. No, so uh, what I'm saying is we all need an out, right? We all need an out. The Prophet himself needed an out, alayhi salatu wasalam. And that's why for him, it was Julia Qura to Ainifi. So that was his out. Now, I'm not saying we're at that level, but what I'm saying is that everyone needs an out. But, yeah, I'm worried that that out isn't an out because it also creates other anxieties and thoughts as well. So, wallahu alam, I think we can have a longer discussion on it, on things that are healthy outs. I just don't feel that that is a, a, a healthy a healthy out. Personally, that's my feeling. I know some of us have jobs that we have to be on. That's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about wasting time, like scrolling for hours. Right? I have a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that um, you mentioned that guy uh, who, I forgot what you said exactly, but it was something that he felt people would notice like, about him internally that he thought people were seeing externally. So how, what do you do when it gets to that point? Right? I'm not an expert on that. I can't. Oh. I, 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 he went to someone else that we both know, and they were helping him. Can I? I'm yeah. not an expert either, but that's one that um, I think you, you just have to be logical with yourself. Like... So how, how logical is it that everyone's narrative thing XYZ thing? And I think it, you have to break out of the the idea that everyone is looking at you specifically. So this is something that if you think about when you first put on hijab, if you wear hijab regularly, you all you think like, oh, everyone's looking at me. But in reality, it's, no, one's, yeah. no one's looking at you. Nobody even knows that there's anything different. It's just you. So, and I agree with your social media. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, it's so but I'll tell you what we were doing with him because I worked with the, the specialist and a lot of it was just literally what she's saying is we were talking a lot uh, in constro control controlled circumstances forcing him to go out and fight against that fear and so on and so forth. But it got very, very bad and it, because he couldn't in the beginning stop the thought and it just got too, too strong. So again... Someone walking past on the street, guys. If it's not four things, if you want to remember four things you need to be thinking, if it's not one of these four, what are those four at least? Because some people came late. What are those four? Benefit, gain, gain and loss in dunya are two. Gain and loss in akhirah. If it's not one of these four, <laughs> literally. Yes. Is the basis for this rhetoric, is it only based upon thoughts that aren't grounded foundationally in reality? What if they are somewhat, what if it's a, a trauma that you've experienced or something in reality that you've witnessed yeah, right? yeah. and it repeatedly comes up, maybe when you just wake up, for example, right? Yeah. Would you use the same remedies? To remedy I, that type of I would say, and I, I know my limit, I would say we need a specialist to help us with that. Yes. 